Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. episode of Concussion Chats. My name is Taya. Concussion Chats is a podcast hosted by the McGill students for the Concussion Legacy Foundation with the help of Nick from Concussion Talk Podcast. We're dedicated to providing hope and strength to those suffering from concussions through sharing experiences. Today I have a recording of Jordan. Uh, Jordan is a personal trainer and a chronic illness coach who has fully recovered from a traumatic brain injury as well as chronic Lyme disease. Um, Jordan uses his social media platforms to show what life can be like post-recovery and how to get there. Jordan believes in the power of the mind and swears by his consistent meditation practice. Yeah, hi everyone. Uh, My name is Jordan. And yeah, so I have, in my own mind, I've recovered from my traumatic brain injury as well as previous concussions and, and lots and lots of injuries and illnesses. I guess my entire childhood and early adulthood, but um, to start it off in 2016, how I got my traumatic brain injury was um, I came home from Australia. I I did a semester abroad in Australia and it was the summer. uh, We were at a cottage and I dove off of a lake in Muskoka and I hit the bottom of the lake. Um, I split my head open and I did some pretty gnarly damage to my neck and my head. Um, I was rushed to the, I wasn't rushed. I I called an ambulance and they took me to the hospital and they did a CT scan and they told me nothing was wrong with my brain. Um, I had about 14 staples in my skull and they told me I got off lucky. Anyways, um, at the time I was working in finance. Um, I was in my third year of university at Queens. I was taking a, um, uh, my business degree there, my undergrad. And um, I take the train for an hour and a day to go from my house to Toronto. And I really started to notice that I was getting these really wicked headaches and something was wrong with my head. So, I finished out my summer internship, let's say it was um, from June, July, August. I was able to get through it, but my symptoms just kept growing. And with the no diagnosis, with, without any medical indication that I had something wrong, it was getting a little bit, bit scary. So um, I went into my fourth and final year at Queen's University. And by October, so I was, I was there from like September, um, I, I went home in Frosby because I just couldn't handle the, you know, the noise and the amount of people there and the partying. Um, I wasn't partying, but I couldn't handle that stimulus. And um, I ended up withdrawing in October just because of the extreme pain. 
And I ended up seeing a doctor at Queens, actually Dr. Douglas Cook, DJ Cook, who has become a great family friend and somebody that's helped me a lot. And he did a functional MRI, which is basically they put you in an MRI machine and they deprive you of oxygen and they feed you CO2 to see what you're like under stress or in um, like a stressful situation or an active situation to see how your brain responds. And then I did a bunch of other functional tests with, with computers and, and all that. And through the functional MRI, my previous CT scans and all the other tests, he determined that I had a traumatic brain injury. Um, they told me the parts of my brain that were affected and that I tore my rectus capitis, um, which is one of the muscles in your neck that connects to your skull. Um, so with that diagnosis, um, it made it pretty, pretty straightforward to me to know that I needed to start treatment. Another thing that they found, which I found really interesting, was a, a huge sinus infection in my frontal sinuses. Now I've had, um, if we're going back in my timeline, let's go back to like 2002. I was born in 1995. So like when I was like six, seven, um, I was really, really sick and I was on chronic antibiotics. Um, I was on antibiotics for chronic infection every single year. So around December, every single year, I'd get sick, I'd get a sinus infection, put on antibiotics. And then that was a repeating history up until like 20. So when, when this injury happened, I was still getting antibiotics every year. So I just had this chronic infection that DJ or Dr. Douglas Cook said, um, you have to remove this infection surgically in order for your healing to start. And at that time I was listening to what every single doctor said. So I said, let's go for it. Um, the wait in Canada was about six to eight months. So luckily I had, um, my family was able to send me to the States to get the surgery done. So I got the surgery done. We're still in 2016, November, 2016. And within four weeks post-surgery, an artery ruptured in my frontal sinus um, and my nose was bleeding like a faucet. And um, basically what had happened was they, they must've nicked an artery during surgery, um, repaired it, um, but the scab came off and my artery was like, the blood was coming out. It, it, was, it was gnarly again, but anyway, so they, I had to go in for an emergency surgery there. Once it was fixed, I could begin my reco concussion recovery. Now in 2016, it wasn't my first concussion. I actually played junior A hockey. In high school, I played like elite minor hockey through high school. And in 2011, so I was in my um, grade 11 years, so my first year of junior A, I had a pretty wicked concussion as well. I was cutting across the ice, I cut across the middle. And as a 15 year old, I weighed about 135 pounds. I got hit by like a 220 pound 21 year old and um, I was immediately concussed. But the same thing, I don't know if this is something that's just for me or for a lot of people. I didn't have symptoms for about two days. I remember I went to the movies with the team. We did our community service. We used to do community service at the movies. And I started getting symptoms about three days later and I told my coach I couldn't come to practice. I went into school, I was removed from school. I couldn't do any type of stimulation. And then I started physiotherapy. So in 2011, was kind of my first introduction into this concussion and you know like the dark like the darkness and how you have to remove stimulation and it was about the same time that Sidney Crosby was actually going through his concussion so it was all over the media and at the same time I was kind of navigate these waters but as a 15 year old you're kind of invincible so I didn't really think anything of it but I did miss about eight months of school I was in chronic pain and I got a math tutor. I actually went from about a 60% math student, 60, 65% math student to about a 90 to 100% math student. And that's just one of the, like a plus from it, but um, maybe it's possibly I had new synapses or uh, new neural connections, or maybe I was just really focusing on math because I couldn't do anything else. But I ended up going back to high school in May 
and I completed summer school for calculus. And then I did extremely well in grade 12, continued playing junior A hockey. Um, again, I went to uh, Queens University. I removed myself from the extreme levels of hockey. I, I still played junior B. Um, I maintained a great GPA in 2015. I'm just like skipping through my timeline here to make it a little faster for you guys to get to the concussion stuff. Um, I did a semester abroad in Australia. And this is where I started getting symptoms that made no sense. So you'll see in like the Instagram stories, I'm gonna do an Instagram takeover today, but um, my face literally turned to cardboard. It looked like I had no blood or water in my face. Um, I would get these extreme rashes all over my body. And looking back on it now, it's probably my first interaction with Lyme disease. But at the time, again, I'm like a 19 year old enjoying my time in Australia. I had no idea what was going on. The doctors told me it was an allergic reaction. They put me on a steroid and um, that was it. And then in the summer of 2016, I, I just explained that I, I dove into a lake and I hit bottom. Now we've moved past my sinus surgeries that were, that were in the end of 2016, but in 2017, I started seeing a chiropractor and I'm not for or against chiropractic. It might help a lot of people through their, through their problems, but um, after talking to my neurosurgeon and, and later down the line of my recovery, I started getting stem cell injections, PRP and Prolo in my neck. I had something called um, an instable or a hyper-adjusted neck. So every day in 2017, I was seeing my chiropractor and I was getting adjusted. So adjustments are like, they, they, they would crack my neck and um, supposedly realign my, my spine. And now the, that chiropractor did know that I had a torn rectus capitis, um, but at the same time, it was the theory that it would help me. And in my own personal opinion, it helped in the moment, but in the long run, um, it may have led to an unstable neck and it caused farther damage because of the chronic um, corrections. Um, something that did help in 2017 was I was getting magnesium, magnesium, sorry, injections in Kingston. So that was really cool. So I was going to a pain clinic in Kingston where also my doctor Douglas Cook was working and they would inject magnesium into the muscles that weren't releasing. So if, if you're like me, and you had these chronic tense muscles. Like I couldn't get my shoulders away from my ears. My neck was so tense. I was in a neck collar for three years of my life. I, I couldn't stop wearing a neck collar because if I did, I'd get these insane headaches. But um, they were doing magnesium injections and that was really great. I got about, I'd probably say about five to six days of comfort after these magnesium injections. And they're not a cure. They're not like a quick fix. Um, I mean, they are a quick fix, but they're not a cure. And there's something that just led to comfort. So, Again, in 2017, it's kind of like my first year of healing. I had no idea what was going on. That's where I started. Um, another thing I did in 2017, which I highly recommend that hopefully nobody does, is I got a nerve block. And I had a nerve block injected into about C5, C6. It was supposed to be in C5, C6. I, I believe it was in my T-spine. But what that is, is a corticosteroid and had Depamedrol. And what that was supposed to do was help me with my pain and allow me to go back to school and finish out my degree. But what it did was it sent me into this really, really insane pain cycle that lasted for about two years where I was then stuck in a neck collar because my neck had no function because of the corticosteroid. Um, and I was, oh, sorry, my computer just did something. I think you can still see me though. All right, coming back. Um, and then, so what that corticosteroid did was it knocked out the function of my neck. My, my head couldn't really know where my neck was in space. And um, I was back to phase one or below phase one. I actually think that I was way worse off. Um, and I was extreme pain. Some days I'd experienced paralysis. And 
yeah, that was, it was brutal. But good things come from that because now that I did that, um, in 2018, I found floating. So what floating is, is another thing that, that's incredible. So um, saltwater tanks, there's a thousand pounds of salt, which creates density in this water that allows you to float and kind of like defeat gravity. And my first experience of floating was in 2018 and it was, it was amazing. So um, I hadn't started meditation at the time. I, I'm, I'm really into it now, but I, I really enjoyed the floating. So you go into a float tank for an hour or two hours or whatever you're, you're, you prefer. I did 30 minutes to start and you just lay. And it was honestly the only place I could experience a pain-free zone. I was in 24 seven pain. Otherwise I couldn't sleep because of my squeezing temporal headaches. And in this flow tank, I literally had um, zero pain and I wanted to stay in forever. I actually had my parents put one in our basement. I have one at my, my place now. I have an inflatable flow tank in my basement that I used to use every single day. Um, but at the time I was living with my parents and um, they put one in their basement and I was in it two hours a day. I would go in the morning and the evening, it would allow me to get to bed. And if you're stuck in that pain cycle, if you have been stuck in that pain cycle, it's honestly amazing and I don't think it gets enough credit for what it did for my recovery. Um, I believe that it broke the pain cycle that I was experiencing um, because I think that your body can remember pain. You have muscle memory, you have pain memory and neurologically I was stuck in this pain cycle that was, that was hard to break. So in 2018 I found the float pod. In 2018 I also found frequency healing. So that was really interesting because that's not a concussion related or it could be um, but that was for my chronic Lyme disease. I saw a doctor, her name was Kyle Morgan in Michigan, and I began something called Rife Treatment. And what Rife Treatment is, is a radio frequency treatment that is targeted based on uh, frequencies in your body. So the theory is that every single pathogen, antigen, um, disease, pain, or whatever resonates at a frequency. And healthy frequencies resonate high, like super high. So um, they're untouchable, whereas unhealthy or dead frequencies or or frequencies that are causing issues resonate lower. And through a resonance scanner, they scanned my body biometrically. They found which frequencies were in my body and I self-treated for eight months. And along with like um, um, naturopaths and, and other doctors, I was cured of an incurable chronic Lyme disease in eight months and I was fully healed by November of 2019. So when I was fully healed in November of 2019 of chronic Lyme disease, I noticed my headaches were dissipating. And at the same time that I was doing frequency healing in 2018, I also started PRP, prolotherapy, and stem cell injections in my hip. So um, yeah, let's, let's reverse until 2017. So in 2017, it's not really something I talk about because it's kind of personal, but I had a testicular surgery because I had an infection in my epididymis, which was misdiagnosed as a varicocele. And um, I had a failed surgery and then, um, post that I actually went on ciproflaxin for what they called the post-surgery infection, which I think was previous to surgery. It doesn't matter. And ciproflaxin, um, ended up, I was doing gymnastics at the time, which was also another thing I'll talk about, but I tore my hip labrum doing gymnastics. And as a 20 year old, I went to go see a surgeon in Ontario and he told me I needed a new hip. And that just really wasn't an option for me being 20, needing a new hip. Um, I was already knowing that I was on the right, right track to heal my Lyme disease. And I thought that this was Lyme related. So instead of getting a new hip, what I did was I started getting PRP, Prolo. I actually didn't do stem cells, but I got PRP and Prolo injections in my hip. 
Now, the idea behind prolotherapy is it's actually a chemical designed to tighten ligaments surrounding a joint to allow that joint to heal better. And um, the idea behind PRP, which is platelet-rich plasma, is it's your own blood taken out of your body, spun so that you get the, the white or the red platelets, I forget which, which is which, and then it's re-injecting your body to promote healing. It promotes inflammation, which then triggers healing. Um, I honestly did eight rounds of injections in my hip. My hip is my good hip now, which is really weird. Um, and then that gave me the, the courage or like the, the will to go and do it in my neck. And I think um, my dad and I have different opinions here, but I think I did 15 rounds of PRP, Prolo and stem cells in my neck. He thinks it's maybe 10 to 12, but I'm, I have a little bit of a different opinion. But anyways, the PRP, Prolo and stem cells um, I got them done in Fort Myers, Florida, and they're the reason I was able to come out of the neck collar, um, start doing neck exercises, eye exercises. I actually have a, a computer in my basement where I do all those touchscreen, um, kinetic tape, all that stuff that I, I think a lot of people do for concussions. And, but I owe a lot to the PRP, Prolo, and stem cell injections. So I started that in 2018 in my hip. Um, about later in 2018, when I'd done the eight rounds in my hip and my hip was let's call it healed or cured or not need of surgical repair anymore. I started in my neck and um, I did that until about the middle of 2019. And then I went back to school. I completed my degree and I continued with a naturopath, a nutritionist. And um, yeah, that's where I am today. But something else that I, I wanted to bring up in terms of healing was um, my, my naturopath stuff. So my diet and my uh, what worked for me um, was I immediately removed gluten and dairy from my diets as infl inflammatory foods. And um, I was on certain some supplements to promote brain health. And um, I don't really remember what all of them were at the moment, um, but I can definitely get a list of them for anybody that's interested. But those were specifically targeted for me because I also have Lyme disease. But since 2019, we've had about a two year period. I would say that um, my recovery has been completely nonlinear. So I talk about my, my recovery being like up, 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 up. Um, but as we all know, through concussion recovery, it's, it's a completely nonlinear process. You can have good days, bad days, sideways days, up and down, and you could be trending up and then you can go down, um, which is really difficult. And luckily for me, my trends, trends been up and I'm, I've been feeling great for the past two years. But there are still those periods of time where um, I have that off day or that off week or that off month where um, it's, a, it's a bad trend. And I just wanted to bring that up because I know that we all want to have like a linear recovery. We want it to be trending upwards. And I mean, in reality for me, it was, it was up and down. But up and down, I mean, it's trending up, but we had, I had all those up and down cycles. So I want to talk about some underrated treatments that, that worked for me uh, that I don't think get enough praise. So the first one was osteopathy. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but it's a form of chiropractic care where there are no adjustments and it's cranial sacral. So their theory is that um, your, spi your cerebral spinal fluid um, can get stuck and um, what they do is they, they use your, your head and your hips or your, or your cranial and your sacrum. And they do some really amazing movements that actually made me feel like I was in the salt pod laying on the table. I'd fall asleep every single time. And I believe that that promoted healing. 
The other one is floating, which I already talked about in the saltwater deprivation tank. Meditating, which I have become a big proponent of um, or a big supporter of. And it's not that I meditate and I say a mantra or I go, um, and I just sit there. But I get, I get mental clarity. So what I do is I go on YouTube. Um, at the time of healing, I'd, I'd search like pain or stress meditation. I'd sit there for 10 minutes. I'd listen and I'd follow along in the meditation. And that was great at the time. But now what I do is more centered around like mindfulness and trying to get, gain control of my thinking and thoughts. Because I feel like when I had a concussion or a traumatic brain injury and I was dealing with Lyme disease, I had a very negative thought cycle. And one of, one of my biggest issues with my disease is I, I got into, I stuck at, sorry, I got stuck in that thinking of why me? Why did this happen to me? I was guilty because I dove off the lake and I hit bottom. So I blamed myself. I got in a cycle of blame for years, like probably four, four years where I was blaming myself. Every day was negative. I would wake up and blame myself for the position I put myself in, um, for the position I put my family in. I would, I would be negative. I'd, Every single thought would be like, I can't do this career now. I can't finish my degree now because of what I did. Why, why did I do that? And what I found through meditation is, is I can become um, a passenger to those negative thoughts. And I've really instilled positivity in my life where it was almost like the turning point where those negative thoughts were the enemy, which was creating toxicity in my, in my mental health and my physical health. And through like self-love, obviously self-love is so incredible, but through meditation, through journaling, through mindfulness techniques, like, um, like I have a mantra, like I, I, I wrote this down every single day. So I'm going to take a little sidebar here. Um, in my journal, every single morning I wrote, I am grateful for being 100% healthy, happy, and pain-free. And that was when I wasn't 100% healthy, happy, or pain-free, but in the morning to write something that I was ex expecting in the future and putting it into the present tense. And I wrote that every single morning. It instilled those values in me, instilled that feeling in me of, of getting there because I had the issue of visualizing myself healthy. I had the issue of um, thinking of myself as being capable of doing something in the future because I wasn't able to do it right now. And I really found through that, yeah, through the mantra, through journaling and through meditating, I was able to do that. So I'll move past that. But um, another thing is infrared sauna. Um, if you've tried sauning or just a normal sauna, um, it's, it's great for promoting a lot of things like blood flow, reduced inflammation. Um, yeah, like sore, uh, pain and soreness is, is all correlated, but infrared saunas go a layer deeper. So if you're ever interested in trying one out, I actually, again, I have one in my basement. I got one that fits in a closet. I use it every single day. Um, it's incredible. You get a great sweat on. You don't need to go as hot. And I just find that I'm in a lot less pain when I use it. And then another treatment that I find is completely underrated is sleep. That's something that we all can do ourselves. And um, I always felt like I was behind, right? Like I'd wake up at 7 a.m. even though I had a... Um, a TBI or a brain injury. And then, uh, yeah, and then that was about it. But if you give yourself time to sleep, to really get a good sleep, to, um, to enjoy your sleep, then you'll, I mean, for me, it, it was a big, great, great big benefit. And then my final underrated 
treatment that worked for me was my PRP, Prolo, and stem cell injections. Now I'm all natural. Otherwise, like I have an all natural diet. I like to um, have as organics as much as possible. My fiance is a holistic nutritionist. I see a nutritionist weekly, I'm not sorry, monthly. But the PRP, Prolo, and stem cell, although Prolo are chemicals, and I don't really want to inject chemicals into my body that often, I feel like they did a great job of bringing my neck back to where it needed to be in order to reduce my headaches. And that was about it. So that's my story. That's my journey to where I am today. And now I'm a chronic illness coach. I, I do personal training. I finished my degree. And um, yeah, I, I live with my fiance. We have two dogs and, and life's good. So if you guys have any questions for me, um, I'm happy to field them to help out with anything you have to ask. Today I have Emily, who is also part of McGill Students for Concussion Legacy Foundation, Nick from Concussion Talk Podcast, and his co-host Aaron, who is also the coordinator for the Newfoundland and Labrador Brain Injury Association, joining me today. Um, Jordan's story is crazy um, and quite a roller coaster, but uh, it was really good. Like I really enjoyed his talk, um, and I think so did the rest of the support group and. Uh, he did an Instagram takeover afterwards, and it went really well as well. So, what were the what were the main questions for the Instagram takeover? Seems like it a lot of, a lot of like different practices, therapy, therapies, and practices to try, and stuff to take and stuff. So, yeah. Um, for the Instagram takeover, I think people asked about um, like therapies things that worked best for him, dealing with symptoms, and how he dealt with, like, acceptance and stuff, um, and things like that. What, um, what struck me about this was, a lot like, uh, like, it's like, you know, the juxtaposition to, juxtaposition to last piece of Laura was talking about how she didn't really know anything, and she just kind of treated it like as in, I don't know what she, what she said after, but... In her talk, it was more like, I don't know much, and I just found out I have a concussion and just tried to, you know, be normal and just take it as it can. So it shows you kind of like, and then this, this, and uh, Jordan and like Bailey and uh, like Raphael, when you look forward to like, well, we'll see last year, but it probably was that year, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and he was, uh, they've they tried a lot of therapies, go to a lot of places, and and a lot of different mm -hmm. things but not available to a lot of people but uh if you can try them why not right and uh and they yeah. try and they and they tried them and uh and bark was standard for them but like for laura was i don't know if laura again i'm here to talk but and erin you weren't here for laura's talk but uh she was her she was more not like therapies that she tried just that she's realization that she had a concussion and, and she said that you know what she's going through, which doesn't really, uh, but nearly have a lot of experience with it. So I guess it kind of shows you what the, uh, how different people, how it affects different people and, and how, how, uh, and how trying different things maybe is the best way to go. Maybe it's just, uh, make some more complex, be some more, if you think there's so many options to try, it kind of also shows you where, yeah. how concussion research is, not is that not necessarily getting better, but it's just kind of like how does all these disparate therapies to try? Whereas like they're just there's no one therapy, one thing that works. It's just there's no concentration on one on them. Try to do this mm -hmm. and do this. It's just like 
we'll try this, we'll try this, maybe this works. Maybe that works, maybe pulling your left thumb works, maybe hitting your head and uh, maybe pinching your nose and holding your breath for 10 seconds works. Yeah, no yeah, yeah. To... just like showing like how so many different things can work for so many different yeah. people um yeah. and that like sometimes it really comes down to like um like smaller things like i mean um jordan said like the biggest thing for him like is the is the diet stuff yeah um, and that was one of the questions that people asked about was the diet stuff yeah i kind of um, relate, relate to that but that may be because of my cancer but uh also, the diet of dill like, makes me feel better. Least like, generally, been away. Go ahead. Yeah, Emily, you look like you're ready to say something. Maybe. Yeah, I was just thinking. Um, <laughs> the diet thing is like I, I managed to do the no gluten, no dairy. I talked to him for a second after um, after the Zoom session is I had read this book by Kevin Ballister about diet, which is a really, really interesting book, and it talks Yeah, some good motivation to eat better. But, man, like, <laughs> it's, like, overwhelming with the amount of, like, information and things to watch out for to the point to where, like, when I was doing the diet like Kevin Ballister had, I was, like, not eating half the time. Because I so didn't know what to do. Because there was so much information and I you felt like there were so many you, moving parts. You didn't want to eat the wrong what? thing. You didn't want, eat the, didn't want to eat the wrong thing and so you weren't eating it all, obviously? Yeah, it was like, oh my gosh, but I have to worry about getting, yeah. not eating these things and, yeah. and eating these things uh, a certain amount of times a week. And and it was like crippling. Yeah. <laughs> like the amount of anxiety. Yeah, and so I was talking to Jordan afterwards, and he was like, I was like, how much do you look at the back of packages? Because I read this book, and how much do you worry about eating, you know, organ meats twice a week? And X, Y, Z, because, like, I'm just still trying to figure out how to cook. And he was like, I do do no dairy, no gluten. And the only time I really look at the back of a package is if I'm buying, like, oats. And I want to see, like, what kind of fillers they put in it. He's like, other than that, just try and focus on listening to your body and what your body needs. And I know for a fact that I do better without gluten and dairy. Like I've always known we, I've cracked the joke for years that mac and cheese is a sleep attack in a bowl for me. (laughs) I'm just going to pass out if I eat dairy and gluten. Um, And it's true. And when I, when I, I was kind of doing the diet okay for like a split second and it did make a massive difference. Um, but I just wanted to say that that's something that we talked about afterwards is like, you know, listen to your body. Maybe just try and do no dairy, no gluten. Don't, you know, freak out about getting it perfect because mm. everybody's going to be different and your body's going to focus on something, like want some things and not others. And, yeah. you know, don't necessarily follow it to a T. Like, don't follow what's on the paper to a T. Because, yeah. like, especially if you don't have an allergy or anything, like, you can still consume small amounts of gluten and dairy, and it's not going to throw you off. Like, everything in moderation, you know? Like, if you are if you start with that kind of mindset and go into it and then find it easy, it's a lot easier to transition, like, to, okay, I'm going to focus a bit more on really avoiding them. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I think also – oh, wait, do you guys hear that feedback, too? 
Yeah, I just yeah, did a bit. A there. little bit, but it stopped. Yeah. Okay. So, so I got. Um, I think what it all comes down to, like, like Jordan said to you, Emily, like just listening to your body, like, um, that's the biggest thing. And I'm like you too, where like I like if I try to like follow something really strict, I get overwhelmed by like what can I and can I not eat? Like, um, like I was talking to a friend last week about um like ibs and like the fodmop diet and like i mean i know it'd probably be great for my stomach and i wouldn't feel terrible all the time but it's so restrictive that like i just would never eat um and i guess yeah listening to your body is the the really big key yeah i also like when i was hearing listening to his talk i was just like (laughs) well You went through so much there, oh, like aside so from just like the concussion and Lyme disease, there was so much in there. Um, yeah, I just kept thinking like resilience. Yeah, you had a lot of resilience. Um, and I liked how he was talking about how he'd write in his journal that he was thankful for being healthy every night, and that like mm-hmm. acceptance works. And the other thing that I was thinking about when um Nick was talking a few minutes ago is how like I think different people have different things that they're willing to accept yeah does that make okay yeah yeah some people might be willing or like for example like (laughs) i've been dealing with nightmares for years and i've been willing to accept them until recently (laughs) i've been like oh maybe this is something i might want to change but then i look into how that might have to change and it's you know it's not worth it (laughs) Well, it might be, but it's, well, I'm looking at like EMDR, which is really intensive yeah. trauma therapy. Yeah. And maybe that's something that I'm not willing to do while I'm working full time and going to school full time. Right. Because that's going to involve a lot more self care time that maybe I don't have. And so it's like, well, you know, maybe for now I'm willing to accept this and then down the road I can work on it. Or if I wake up tomorrow, and my brain is like, no, my body is telling me, you know, we're dealing with this now. Then I'll have to look at it. But I think that that relates to, like, different people being willing yeah. to deal with different things. And, you know, I just think it's interesting. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, rambling. No. I think I think the acceptance thing and, like, kind of, like, you, like, what you just said about, like, being able to like accept something like right now and being okay with it right now like I think it's also important to just like realize that like your levels of acceptance for different things like can change too because I mean something I've talked about with my psychologist has been about like what is the focus right now like what is the thing that is that needs to be dealt with right now like what could be put to the side um and being okay with shifting what you're doing um, for what you need right now and like in the moment, like what is most important. Um, yeah, and, like, having like a priority list. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, like prioritizing what is um, most significant to you in the moment um, and like, realizing and like being okay with the fact that like you know your priorities can change and things can shift um and 
may not stay the same forever and you may want to come back to it later. Like how Emily just said, like EMDR right now, while working like a full-time job in school, doing all these other things may not be what she needs to do, but like in the future it could be. And, you know, um, I think it's so important too, that like Emily, you were able to recognize that as well and be like, this is the boundary I have to set for myself and like live within this. And if it's going to be kind of crappy for a little bit, at least I know I can come back there. Yeah, it's kind of like the whole, like, should and can thing, like, was that my feedback, or is that just my headset? Um, anyway, like, you, you, you can, like, do all these therapies, but should you right now? Should you just wait? Like, just because you can doesn't mean you need, definitely need to or should. Yeah. At these moments, yeah. which is, I think Emily did a great job of that with your saying, like, you can yeah, do like, that in bear therapy, right. sure. But you shouldn't know. Like, is it right for you right now or not? Well, that, and I think with concussions and traumatic brain injuries, there are there are so many options. And yeah. it can be really stressful to be like, oh, I'm going to book physio on this day. I'm going to book the neurochiropractic on this day. I'm going to do vision on this day. Iron And like, oh, you got to sleep sometimes. Um, and your head's not going to be able to restore that misery. From all these therapies. Yeah. And you, like, yeah, it's it's a lot. And some people might be able to do that, but I think it's important to recognize that if somebody is feeling like they can't do all of those at once, it is okay to choose one route for now. It's okay to just see the vision therapist right now. It's okay to just see the physio right now because you can always go back and see the others down the road. You know, they're not going anywhere. If anything, we're getting more of them. Yeah, they're definitely in more of them. There's like yeah. so many different, so many. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good point though, Emily. Like, just like you know, like focus on what you can focus on right now. And I mean, like, even if it's only like you can only handle like just seeing psychologists right now, or you can only handle like just the one thing, like that's okay. Um, but you need to be able to like accept that in this moment this is what I need to focus on or in this moment I can only take on so much because like, I mean, like even just like after an hour long session with my psychologist, I'm beat, like I'm wiped out. Like I couldn't imagine throwing on, um, every form of therapy and like keeping up with all the things that you have to do outside of those therapies too, like all the exercises and the stuff too. It's, it's a lot. Yeah, if you're stretching yourself too thin too, you have to wonder, like, what am I really putting into all these things? Like, am I actually putting the work into this so that I will improve? And if the answer is, like, I don't feel I'm putting in as much as I'm getting out, then you should probably consider all the things yeah. you are doing and prioritize again. Like, think, yeah, so like this really bothers me. I want to deal with this first and, like, go there first and kind of put more energy to that level. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like what you're, what you're, hit that damn feedback again. That's annoying. Yeah, I heard. You hear that? Anyway, it's yeah. stupid. Um, yeah, what you're saying that's all like getting, putting, what you're putting in, what you're putting in is also like what you're getting out of it. If you're, if you're putting in, if you can't put in so much and into, into go to physio and you're beat from like your psychologist already, and you can't put anything into physio, then you're not getting anything out of it, and vice versa. And yeah. uh, and any other therapy, really. Yeah, even it goes even... the other way, too. Like, if you're putting in a bunch of effort and you don't feel you're getting a lot out of something, maybe it's just not for you. Like, yeah, yeah, not sure, every therapy true. has to be a cure-all. Like, yeah. there's, as 
we've mentioned like there's tons of therapies out there and there's tons of different ones that work for different people so like mm-hmm. if you find it's not working too like don't feel discouraged about it just be like yeah all right maybe this isn't the one for me yeah but, yeah, but not even in terms of like i mean i've had that experience like a lot with like finding the right person to see like psychologist wise like I went through lots of different therapists I went through lots of different counselors and um you know like like Emily's always kind of said like uh finding the right like therapist or psychologist is like dating and like that's like the best way to think about it and like once you think about it like that like you shouldn't date your psychologist it's okay. To, well, no, definitely nobody <laughs> trying to date their psychologist is so inappropriate. <laughs> but like finding one is like dating, you know, like you you're not gonna just settle on the very first person you see. And I mean, if you do, like cool, great. But um I think going in with that expectation that like the first person may not be the right person for you, um, just the same as like the type of therapy you're doing may not be the right therapy for you the person you're working with on that therapy may not be the right person for you um like maybe they're super like I don't know uh like tough love and like you don't like tough love you need a different kind of encouragement and so I think finding someone that like matches you and that sense is also really important and being able to advocate for yourself in that sense, too. Like, being able to say, like, this isn't working for me. This is not what I need. Um, and getting what you need. Yeah. And sometimes your therapist, too, will be able to recognize, like, I don't have the proper tools that you need as well. Or and the like, means, for you know, the Emily was kind of hinting at there. The means to necessarily do all these therapies. Oh, no, I think Emily was, like, snapping her fingers. Oh, I thought you did the that's just doing the money. That's just the money. No, no, no. I don't think, oh, think she was okay. doing that. I think it was well, like, way, in agreement with me, like, yes. Like, yeah, yeah, Um, But I'm, also, I'm, I think, I'm like, cool. Aaron, like, yeah. going back to what you said, but, like, sometimes, like, you're, um, who you're seeing will say, like, I don't, like, I can't help. Um, That's something that we've talked about a lot in the group, too, is just kind of, like, when someone says that to you and, like, or, like, a lot of people have had, like, doctors that have said, like, this is as good as you're going to get. And we've talked about how, like, no, that's not the case. That's just all that they're able to help with and, like, all they're able to do. Um, and I think, like, if doctors, like, got better at saying, like, I can't help you anymore, like, I'm not skilled enough, then I think that would help people a lot more because then you have all these people thinking, like, oh, like, I'm stuck like this forever um, and I'm never going to get better. But really it was just the doctor the professional they were seeing like didn't have the resources didn't have the ability like it's not the person the person's not like shit out of luck you know mm-hmm. um but that's a whole other rant that i just want to <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a good point though no i didn't have yeah. anything to say i just wanted to raise my hand because oh. it felt like oh, felt, felt, felt fun felt like fun Okay. But yeah, yeah no, I agree. And yeah. go ahead. Um, the medical community too, I think is having a good shift in terms of like the new doctors that are getting trained and a lot of people and being able to admit when they're wrong. Like there's a lot more, like I've noticed where 
people are coming out and just being like, this isn't my field. This isn't my specialty. Like new ones, I'll, new doctors. Is like mm. the right person. Yeah. And I think like a lot of community organizations more so are the ones that are picking up the slack in terms of being able to point the referrals in the right direction. And like, I just want to see more of that come out as like community health, where you're able to talk to more people and like figure out who has had what experience with which doctors and like where exactly that went and how it helped. Yeah. 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 It's important and good. Sound, and your sound went off right there. Me? Yeah, or someone marred my audio my output went oh. weird but it was really, but it's back now so don't worry about it. Okay. but yeah i don't know it was like all to bring back to jordan's talk i think it was just awesome that like he like was able to try so many different things like that was super cool um and then just uh the things that like really really helped him he said were like the float tank like that's one of his like main main ones like he has a inflatable one in his house um he made his parents get one when he was living there um and just like the diet and the meditation and um those the pl I don't remember what the shots yeah, were, what yeah. the needles were, the injections. Um, PSP but, um, and something else. It was like PRP, prolo, and stem cell injections, I think. Um, but those were some like really. really PRP, PRP, protein rich plasma, and something else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was um, it was just really cool that. Uh, he tried a bunch of different things and like I mean um, he was able to which was awesome um, and he recovered from uh, like Lyme disease and his uh, TBI and um, now he's a personal trainer and he's a chronic illness coach um, so he was able to take everything that he learned from his experience and like now he's trying now he's like helping others and educating others on this stuff. And I don't know. He was, uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah. That's good. So. Uh, awesome. All right. So uh, thanks to Nick for helping us do this. Um, and thanks again to Jordan for joining us. Um, everyone really enjoyed it. So we'll have a new podcast posted Monday morning. Our upcoming podcasts can be found on Concussion Talk com spotify youtube and apple podcasts you can find more information about our group on concussionmtl.com our peer-to-peer -peer support group is free and open to everyone we hold four weekly meetings on zoom um, and one of these are in french uh, the link will be in the description um if you're interested in being one of our speakers for uh thursday morning um, you can email us find us on instagram um, thank you so much, everyone, for listening, and thanks, Aaron, Nick, and Emily, for joining today. Thank you. Head Check Health bridges gaps in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. Join organizations like the Canadian Football League, Trek Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada, who rely on Head Check 
to improve communication and optimize care. Visit headcheckhealth.com for more. The music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound, www.bensound.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 